Special shout out to all our patrons who support the show every week. Head on over to patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast and subscribe today for bonus content, special shout outs on social media, and so much more. Patrons, you help keep the Run, Eat, Drink podcast going, and we couldn't do it without you. Not a patron yet? Join us today at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. You can also support the show by using our brand new Amazon affiliate link anytime you shop on Amazon.com for things like running gear, food, beverages, or anything else the little gray trucks might bring your way. Just go to runeatdrink.net slash Amazon anytime you shop. It costs nothing extra, and it helps us keep the lights on and the bandwidth flowing. Go to runeatdrink.net slash Amazon, and we thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Donna Deegan, Chief Eternal Optimist of the Donna Foundation and founder of Donna Marathon Weekend. You're listening to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. Welcome to the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We feature destination races from across the country. And after the race, we take you on a tour of the best local food and beverage to celebrate. So whether you are an elite runner or a back of the packer like us, you'll know the best places to accomplish, explore, and indulge on your next runcation. Hey, welcome to episode 224 of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Thank you for coming back this week and joining us on a wonderful episode that we have to bring to you today. We're just really happy you're here, Runcation Nation. Thank you for tuning in every week, hanging out with us. We love you guys. We really do. And we... And gals. Everybody. Everyone. <laughs> we we really do appreciate it. And this episode is a day late because we had nigh apocalyptic weather yesterday. Mm. And uh, welcome to... Uh, Summer in Florida. I mean, it, it's supposed could, to be ending soon, isn't it? I, I think it's no. We're in the middle of hurricane season still, and now they're talking about there's tropical activity. Oh, everybody stay safe and well, and it's out in the Atlantic. It, we got time. It may yeah. not even hit here. Who knows? Yeah, we'll see. So, but we're just glad you're tuning in. We are, and that's the reason why we're late this week. But we think it's going to be well worth the wait. Definitely, this is going to be a fun one. You know. Mm. We talk about travel quite a lot on the show. We are runners who travel. Or travelers who run. I think it's both. And then eat. And drink. And drink. Yes. But, you know, we're, we've gotten pretty good at, you know, piecing things together and mm. creating a, our runcation experience. And admittedly, we're kind of geeks when it comes to that. We like putting it all together and and, sure. and and sussing out what's going to work. The planning for us is part of the enjoyment of going on runcations yes. or racecations. Or racecations, which mm -hmm. is a new term we've learned. We have learned it from a master planner. Yes, but I recognize that not everybody wants to do the deep dive into the nitty gritty, the details, mm. you know, finding that, that hotel, getting right. that rental car, doing the, all the stuff that we mm. do a lot of times for these races. And is it, wouldn't it be nice yeah, if there was somebody out there, 
some service out there mm. that could help you plan and execute a complete racecation experience. And there is. We have found him and his team, Mark Janik from Destination Marathons. He is the one if you need support, help, planning. He's got a whole team for that to plan your racecation, they like to call it. And if you're going alone to a destination, you've put in all the hard training. It is a special trip. You want to do it right. He's the man. Destination marathons can do it right. Yeah. Now, uh, we're going to be talking with Mark in depth about uh, his service and yeah. destination marathons, but we want to make it very clear. This is not a a paid no. advertisement in any way, shape, or form. This no. is... The, something that we thought it was important to bring to the Runcation Nation because there are many yeah. of you out there like like us who like getting their hands dirty in the planning. Sure. And then there are many of you that just want to, hey, you know, I want to show up and experience it. Yes. I want to cross the finish line and enjoy. Help me do it. Yeah. And it's no secret that we are ambassadors of the Donna Marathon Weekend 2023. Who happened to, you know, Don, that was Donna introducing our yes, show this week. Yes. And she, she, Amanda Napolitano, and Mark and his team, they have come together for Destination Donna 2023. Some of you are joining us there this year. And Mark can help put it together for People who want that service. A total experience. Yeah. So if you want that, and even, you know, I I love that Destination Marathons is forerunners by runners. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And we're going to get into, into more of that mm -hmm. uh, in, in the episode. But before we do all that. We've got a bunch of shout outs this we week. This do. is a this is a big week for you guys out there in the busy. Runcation Nation. Yeah. Busy, busy Runcation Nation. Congratulations, Susie Beck. And thank you so much for sporting your Run Eat Drink podcast shirt at the Bozeman Half Marathon. I saw that finish line photo and I, I again I She calls it her I, I didn't die photo when she posts <laughs> on social media. Yeah. I love that. Congratulations, Susie. I just want to know and make sure that the shirt did in fact impart that 17 to 22% extra speed bonus that the uh, our scientists, scientists want to know. Yeah, we want to know. Feedback. Give let, us the feedback. Let In, us know. Info at runningdrink.net. <laughs> now, also, uh, Darlene has done it again. She completed the Patriots run in Overland Park, Kansas to get that state on her map as she's making her way she towards her 50 states. has been so busy. Oh, my gosh. She is living her best runcation life. I love that. And I just can't wait to be with her in person. Congratulations, Darlene. And another shout out goes to Dawn. Dawn Be Joyful, Dawn Broussard. She did miles for her 2022 virtual Midnight Sun Marathon since she couldn't be there in person when it was held overseas. 
Also, congratulations to Kelly Anderson, who did back-to-back <laughs> races last weekend. She did the yeah. Gulf Beach half in Connecticut. Yay! And the Surf Town half in Rhode Island. Got two states on the map. I'm telling you what, she's a busy lady. I also want I want a I want a post race food report. Me too. From Kelly. I need to Kelly, know. Reach out to us. I want to hear about what you found while you're up there because that there's there's some some good eating up that way. Mm-hmm. And I think we need that kind of feedback from Emily O'Keefe, who was also at Surf Town and completed the half. Congratulations to her, EcoFit uh, thirteen on Instagram. Yes, and our one of our international listeners, Rhonda Lee, completed the Cape Breton Fiddlers Half Marathon as well. Rhonda Lee. Congratulations. And bring in the FOMO. There are, oh, speaking of FOMO, there are so many. And if we have omitted any names in this next shout out, please just know we are congratulating everybody who went out there and had a fantastic time at the Bird in Hand Half Marathon. We can't wait to join the crew in 2023. Tom Stover from the Will Run For podcast. Bob, who is uh, Bob65 and Dopey on Instagram and from the Rise and Run podcast, a friend of the show and podcaster himself, Kevin Gwynn of the Extra Mile podcast and Extra Mile podcast Galloway edition, JD from JD's Big Fat Running Journey. We've been on his show. We've been lucky enough to do that. And patron of the show, Roxanne Baggett, just to name a few. Everybody, the whole entire crew at Bird in Hand, congratulations. We can't wait to be with you next year. Oh, seeing those photos on social media, my FOMO was very, very strong. I know. But listen, for anybody else out there who'd like a shout out on the show, please send them to us. We do our best to collect them throughout the week on social media as we're seeing what you guys are posting. But nothing beats letting us know, Mm -hmm. giving us the heads up of what we need to be talking about. Send that to us at info at runeatdrink.net or give us a call. 941-677-2733. Leave us a message. Let us know. We can play it. You can attach a message to an email. Make yourself Runny Drink Podcast famous and shout out somebody or let us celebrate you. Exactly. Now let's talk running. Indeed. Eating and drinking. Yes. All of it. The whole package. The whole package. When you want an entire package. Mm. Um, Like we said at the top of the show, we're sitting down this week with Mark Janik of Destination Marathons, and we're really doing kind of a deep dive on that service, if that's something that you're interested in. Some people want that whole concierge level experience, and they just want to go and take it all in. Don't want to think about it. Want to have a group, want to come together and be a part of just a great experience. It's Mark Janik from Destination Marathons. Dana, there are so many factors that go into planning the perfect runcation. Oh, don't we know? You know, we know. The whole of the Runcation Nation knows. And today we are joined by someone who aims to make it a little easier for all of us. And we would like to welcome him now to the show, Mark Janik, founder of the Destination Marathons. Welcome to our show, sir. Thank you for coming on. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this opportunity. Oh, 
Now, Mark, you've got a background in running, having completed half marathons and marathons, including the iconic Boston Marathon. Is that correct? Yes, sir. Goes way back to the 1970s, actually. That's so you've done it well, just one time then? Actually, I got started or, uh, when I was in high school. I was a basketball player in high school in Michigan, and I was the proverbial sixth man. And <laughs> I didn't like that. I wanted to play all the time. So I thought, you know what? I, I want to find a sport where I can be myself and I can dictate my success. And what I put into it is what I'm going to get out of it. I don't need a coach yeah. to put me in. So I started running in high school, did the half mile, the mile cross country. Eventually set school records in the half marathon, a half, half mile, 880 and mile. And I came within seconds of a school record in cross country growing up in Michigan, got a scholarship to college, a track scholarship, did that. My, my one claim to fame, if I have one in the running community was that in 1980, I beat Joan Benoit Samuelson. What? Yep. It was before she won the Olympics. She was an up and coming. It was in Flint, Michigan at the Bobby Crim run in August of 1980. And I ran a, that was my only one and only 10 mile run race. And I ran 5440. So I averaged 528 per mile. And wow. I didn't know it at the time, but the race was chock full of world class folks. Bill Rogers, oh. second, third, Greg Meyer, if you know that name. Yes, once, yes, yes. Connected um, closely to Boston. P- Patty Lyons Catalano actually set an Amer- American record that day for women in 10 miles. She was about a minute ahead of me. I got 72nd place, 72nd, and I was supremely disappointed. I was, I had never placed that far behind before. Oh. So I didn't tell anybody about it. I didn't, it was not something I was really proud of coming in 72nd. And, <laughs> but I found out later that uh, Joan was in the race and uh, I beat her by about a minute and a half. Wow. Looking back. <laughs> Olympic on gold it. medalist, 1984, Joan Benoit Samuelson, and we have the man that beat her in 1980. <laughs> yes. We're actually hoping for a rematch. You know, she Ooh. comes down to the Donna. She does. Yes. We've, I'm so excited. We, we've met her there. Yes. Yep. Oh. And, uh, I'm hoping through Amanda Napolitano, yes. the executive director there, that we might be able to get a, a rematch for 40 some years in the making. Uh, oh. maybe, maybe not a 10 mile, but maybe a mile or something. We have to get footage. And, and make it for charity. Make it for just to have fun. and Yeah. Uh, but oh. I have noticed that Joan's been avoiding me ever since. Oh. That crushing defeat. So She, mm. she knows you're nipping or you're itching for a rematch. That's probably what it's all about. Oh. You should, we, they should do it for. I think that'd They be should great. do it for the Donna Foundation. If Amanda Napolitano is listening definitely make that happen we would put it all over our social media we would capture it live we would i'd like to say we'll run along with you to get video but i don't know i don't think we're that fast if i could keep up with we are back of the pack people (laughs) you know so (laughs) i was gonna say that you may not have bragged about it at the time but now that you get to Mm -hmm. look back at that race and you see what that roster looked like 72nd that doesn't sound too bad when you no. get that kind of running royalty all in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was incredible. Back then there were no race rosters, no automated response. No. And I didn't even know who some of these people were, you know, a guy named Benji Durden, I think got fourth. He eventually got second in the Olympic trials and the marathon in 1980. And it was just, it used to be back then before a lot of the marathons really exploded. It was one of the races people from across the country would come to. So yeah, that's good. But to answer your earlier, I've done six marathons total. Miami was my first back in, Miami. I didn't start marathoning until I was 42. Oh, wow. Hey, um, there's hope so. for us. 
<laughs> yeah. The funny thing about my first marathon was that I did it literally all on my own. I did not have a coach. I didn't really have a training plan. I pulled up the Hell Higdon beginner oh. and I mapped it out back of the napkin. I knew enough to be dangerous, but I didn't really, <laughs> I didn't even have a Garmin watch. I literally, I timed, I measured my runs by just going cumulative time out and then cumulative time back. 60 minutes out, 60 back to eventually got to a three hour and 20 minute run. You mm. did it old school. Wow. I did. My I did. The funny, it's like, the fun, Maybe, I don't know, was it warm that day? You know, it wasn't horrible. I was training in South Florida, so that's what, I, we lived oh. in, in South Florida and in Smart. Coral Springs at the point, so that's what yeah. I was used to. Yeah. And Miami is typically late January, so it, it wasn't horrible. Oh, yeah, not too bad. The humidity is super low, not like it is right now, but are, were you kind of like Meb Kofleski? We've had him on the show, we've read his books, and he said, after I ran that first marathon, I made all the mistakes that my, when he had a coach, it said, I made all the mistakes that my coach said not to make. And at the end, he said he would never do it again. Did you have that initial reaction? Amy, I had, no, I didn't. I had no? direct opposite. So it was funny because everyone told me, my friend said, just don't go too hard. Don't, don't worry about your time. Hydrate. A lot of the basic stuff, right? Yeah. So I was, my best friend had been a 301 guy in his back in the day and had run a 317 a year earlier. So I knew not to stay with him. We did not start together. I didn't think about trying to catch him or anything, but I ended up catching him in around 22 or 23. He was walking, having a really bad day. And he said, keep going, Mark, you're having a great time. And I'm like, I, I'll walk with you for a while. I don't care. I'm, I'm just out here having a good time. He said, ah, just keep going. But I never hit the wall. Good for you. I never, I, I went through the finish line and literally my wife and I went out dancing later that night. I felt great. The only, wow. the only negative effect, and you guys may laugh at this, is that I wasn't hurting at all. I went back to the hotel and took my shoes off and I had a big old black toe, toenail. Oh, yeah. I, I forgot the there. part about getting a size one and a half bigger to, mm -hmm. to train, but it didn't hurt. And it was just kind of a badge of honor for doing that. <laughs> first marathon we've been there. this one yeah. here we yeah. both had it but this yeah. one here we were running uh the jeff galloway's race a few years ago mm -hmm. and we're coming around mile nine and she just looks over at me she goes i lost a toenail and i'm like do you need to stop she's like no i'm good and just kept right on cooking as you're heading into that part of the race is all uphill uh, around the outer perimeter of piedmont park and yeah it doesn't go downhill till you are going back into the park and she was a beast i'm like oh and yes, it was. Yeah, that, that was uh, that was something else to see. Yeah, you know? <laughs> but uh, badges reason, of honor for running. Uh, absolutely. <laughs> uh, uh, anyone who's been doing this for any length of time, I think that they end up getting one of those and knowing what that's like. But yes. I asked the question because there are travel agencies out there that they'll book you anything, and mm -hmm. there there are niche travel agencies. Mm -hmm. But I think it's important to for you to be part of the community. And mm -hmm. I think that that adds a little something extra. Yeah. And could you talk a little bit about destination marathons and why you decided to start a travel agency specifically aimed at the running community? Sure. Great question. I guess the idea was born. I worked for Merck Pharmaceuticals in sales and I was an account executive for 30 years. I retired in 2018. Oh, congratulations. Uh, my wife of 27 years, Lisa, was kind enough to give me a couple months on the couch. 
and then said, get, you hear that get the heck you? out of here, get the heck out of here. You're bothering me. Go do something. But I knew I, I was young and I knew I, was, I had another career ahead of me. But I, I think that the idea, so when I worked for Merck, I traveled a lot. Two of my jobs, I traveled the country. So I got to be really good at navigating hotels and airlines and rental cars. And I was sort of the in-house travel agency, if you will, for family and friends. I'd have a buddy call and say, Mark, I'm trying to take the family to the New York City Thanksgiving Day Parade. I can't find a hotel. I'm like, I got you. Get you something. Don't worry about it. So I always I had that going. I like travel. I had the runner, runner thing going. Mm. And I think the idea was born when I qualified for the Boston Marathon in 2008. Uh, I thought I was going to get ahead of the crowd by trying to get a hotel about nine months in advance. Thinking, ah, nine months in advance, that'll be plenty of time. I'll get the best hotel and the closest and all that sort of thing. And I, How'd that work uh, out for you? <laughs> it didn't work out really well. <laughs> The, uh, the Boston Athletic Association uh, back then and, and now, they um, they have contract with Marathon Tours and Travel. They're the biggest uh, tr- runner travel group in the country. Mm-hmm. Uh, they've been around for a long time. Great company. Uh, but I went onto their site and they had, at that point, there were 33 hotels that were listed and they were listed in order of the distance from the finish line. And 31 out of the 33 were already sold out. Ooh. And I thought... Wow. Okay. There, there's got to be a market there, and it wasn't cheap. Boston's not a cheap city to begin with, and then you put thirty thousand extra people in town, so the law of supply and demand kicks in. <clears throat> but I knew also that, and I had been, I've done, like I said, six marathons and maybe twenty-five or thirty halves in different events. But the ones that I really remember, and some of those, I got on a plane by myself and I flew across the country, ran a race in Phoenix or Nashville, had a good time, maybe met a buddy out there. Went back, took a shower, had a beer in the hotel lobby, and flew home. Good time. But the ones that I really remember, the ones that were impactful, that I still think about to this day, is when I went with a group of people. When we went to the Phoenix Rock and Roll or to the Dam to Dam in Des Moines or Mm -hmm. Seven Mile Bridge Run down in the Keys, a group of 15, 20 people. You share that experience. You share that bond. You all go to dinner together. It's just, it's a day and night experience. So again, after I retired from Merck, I had been thinking about a company like this, and I had kept a journal and I was writing some ideas down. And we're actually coming up to our fourth anniversary, our fourth birthday here in October. Oh! But it's funny now when I go back and I look at the log, the journal. Some of the some of the ideas I had were actually implementing now. Others, not so much. <laughs> One of the things I wrote down was that I thought when we opened, it would be called one eight hundred destination marathons, and we'll design, we'll take you to any marathon you want to in the world. That, that doesn't work out because you can only be good or really good in a few events and you have to scale it. So we couldn't, mm. we wouldn't have the expertise of trying to send people to Australia and to New Zealand and Paris and 15 or 20 different events. The goal is to get really good at X number of events and keep getting better in those events. I like that you focused mm. like that and, yeah. and that I think allows you to become more expert and by doing so, provide a better customer experience for people. That mm-hmm. that is, I think that's very valuable. And it's hard to say no sometimes. When to saying no to great ideas is hard. Yeah, and you flow into the thing that I want to ask you is: I think that you have come to know in your four years doing this as a. Destination marathons. You have come to know certain events very well, and what what's needed around that event to have an amazing experience. So, 
Can you talk a little bit about for people who are just getting to know destination marathons in the Runcation Nation? Can you talk about some of the bucket list races you've helped people and groups plan? Sure. We've done probably 14 or 15 events total. Some of those multiple times. Mm-hmm. Example, Boston. We just had our third Boston in April. Our oh. biggest crowd ever. We had 74 folks. Mm-hmm. We're looking forward to coming back in April again next year. Oh. Um, Kiowa Island Resort, the Kiowa Island Resort in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. This will be our third partnership with them in December. The Grandma's Marathon out in, in Duluth, Minnesota. I want to this do that our one. Third. Yeah. yeah. I think uh, so. What we do is we take the hassle out and put the fun in. Right. So depending on the event, some obviously, like we talked about earlier with Boston, it's a mad rush to get the room. So we're there way in advance, but we don't just provide the room. We create a total experience for folks. And it starts, it starts when you call us the first time or you email us or you reach out to me or one of my colleagues on Messenger. You're talking to a live person versus a Travelocity or Orbits where you go in and you make a reservation and you're like, wait a minute, I put down Thursday. I didn't want to stay Thursday. I want to start. Friday, try to talk to somebody and change your reservation. That's not always easy. So mm. we're, we're, we provide a high level of, of, of service right out of the blocks mm. for folks so that we can design a trip for you that's going to work for you. That's going to be exactly what you want from the get-go. So normally our trips, they include obviously accommodation. So it's our business to get out in front of that and find the best hotel or accommodations based mm. on the race logistics. Mm-hmm. That's always part of it. We always do a pre-race meal, a pasta meal the night before. I'm sure you guys have been in cities before where, I don't know, Chicago, Marine Corps, somewhere where there's 30,000 people and 80% of them want to have a pasta dinner the night before. So you call your local Maggiano's a week before and say, hey, party for four. Mm-hmm. Like, well, Mr. Janik, we can seat you at 2.30 or at 9 PM. Really? I don't think so. I really want to eat at five, maybe five thirty at the latest. This um, sounds so- familiar for us in yes. An- Anaheim oh, at the yes. Disneyland Heroes Marathon. That exact conversation happened for mm-hmm. us. Yeah. A uh, funny uh, side note here on my first marathon in Miami. The the two things that theoretically you're in control of the night before are when you eat and what time you go to bed. I went with my, a buddy of mine down to that. We stayed at the Hyatt downtown mm-hmm. and. Uh, he thought that I bought the pasta tickets at the host hotel, the race party, the race pasta dinner. Mm-hmm. And I thought he did. Uh-oh. Oh, no. And then we showed up and oh, no. they, would not, they would not let us in and they would not let us buy the $10 pasta dinner oh. that they were serving at the hotel. Oh. So my buddy was a member of the Fort Lauderdale Roadrunners Club and he saw a big group of them hanging out. And they're like, yeah, hey, why don't you come with us? So... <laughs> We went down to Bayside, and anytime you've got Saturday night, Bayside, downtown Miami, 15 people, you can see this coming, right? Oh, it's yeah. A party so, city. I, I, oh, my I don't gosh. Know, I don't know how this happened, but I'm eating my pasta dinner at 9.15 p.m. Oh, no. The night before. And I, I'm like, how did this happen? But it's happening. And then, of course, I couldn't sleep. I was up all night. Oh. But it's like I said, it still turned out pretty good. Yeah. But uh, So we, we do the accommodations, pre-race mm-hmm. meal. We do a post-race celebration. And w- with many of our events, not all, but many, including Grandma's, Kiowa, Wilmington, Napa Valley Marathon, Ooh. we have partnerships with the race directors. So they want us to succeed. So they'll give us, they'll let, allow us to put up our tent right at the finish line. So people come through, they can see other runners coming through. Mm. Oftentimes we'll have a massage therapist in the tent. We'll do a gear check for folks. 
will do your own separate gear check. Oh yeah. From maybe yeah. the race. I see. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. That's awesome. Bonus. It was funny in Kiowa in 2019, the race director there, Liz, gave us this ideal spot right at the finish line. And uh, my colleague, Paul and I, we set up our tents and put the massage table in there and did the gear check with the plastic boxes and the containers and set it all up, put some chairs in there, made it a, a true VIP experience. And the way the lighting was in the parking lot at Kiowa, where the finish line was, it just lit up our tent completely. And it was one of those things where I just took a couple pictures, but it looked, because of the lighting, Almost it looked staged. like this, this this beacon in the darkness. <laughs> and, and, and people, other runners who weren't our guests, were trying to find the official Kiowa gear check. And would come up to us with their bags and like, can you take my, I'm like, sorry, but this is for our guests. The official gear check literally was this old dark barn that they used for the store lawn equipment. And literally there was, it wasn't manned. It was dark. People literally had to go in the dark and put their bag on a shelf somewhere. Oh, no. oh my gosh. Oh, no. That's actually a really nice perk that you provide yeah. though, because we've been to some pretty rough gear check experiences to the point where yeah. if we can avoid doing gear check at all, we do. It's true. It, 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 we've had some pretty bad ones. So that's, that's a nice perk. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, that, that works for sure. So I think, you know, you do flights do as is, well. We do not. We're a certified travel agency. Okay. We're certified through IATA. So we, we could go in that direction. That's mm -hmm. on the long range plan, especially when we start adding more overseas events. I think that's something we're going to take a good long look at uh, just to provide that extra level of service. And several of us on the team are travel agents. Mm -hmm. uh, so that works out really well. One of the other things that we do, and I think that really differentiates us, is that we treat runners and non-runners equally. Everybody, spectators are part of the action. I'm sure you guys have had the experience or know people who have where there's a non-running spouse mm -hmm. and Absolutely. that spouse doesn't really want to go because that person said, you're going to go to the expo. What am I going to do? I'll stay in the hotel, but you're going to meet with your running friends. All they talk about is running. <laughs> I'm going to, I'll just, I'll see you at the finish line. Mm -hmm. And then if they don't, you know, if it's a big race, obviously the Boston or Chicago Marine Corps, there's no way they can get anywhere near the finish line. No. So it's a missed opportunity. So what we do is we really, we always have a spectator plan mm -hmm. for that spectator to watch their runner on the course. We'll have a cheer section. The spectators can come in our cheer section, get a massage. We'll do a sign making station the night before. They can participate in all of our activities, the dinner, the post-race party. We really purposefully try to incorporate, do things for them as well. Next year in Boston, we're going to, during our, our shakeout run in Boston next year, we're going to have a coffee crawl for the non-runners so oh. that they can go out and check out two or three different coffee houses and, and see the sites that way. I I enjoy this very much. I, a coffee crawl? You're talking crawl? her language there. That is something I would be very interested in. And and you were would want to do that even before the actual run yeah you would well, want to do I'm it not, instead of of course but i'm not fast <laughs> enough to do boston so i can't but i could be a spectator and do the coffee crawl and cheer on people like amanda napolitano that's true right yes perfect perfect now which uh, go ahead so uh, amanda it was uh, if i don't if you don't mind i'll lead into the story about how we got involved with the donna foundation oh amanda was i didn't know amanda prior to boston 
there was a Boston in October of 2021 mm-hmm. because it got canceled and rescheduled and whatnot. Yeah. And uh, Amanda got into Boston. I think she was one of the late folks that got in. The Boston Athletic Association realized that a lot of folks, foreign folks, were not going to be able to travel yeah. because of COVID. So they opened it up to several hundred folks. And she, so she got in with just, yeah. I don't know, two, two, two months before the race. And a mutual friend of ours reached out to her and said, I, th- I think Mark's got some rooms if you're interested. So she called me and signed up right away. And she went through our package. She was one of our guests in Boston in October. And on the way out, she said, hey, I've had a, I had a really great, t- I'd love to talk to you about a, an opportunity I'm thinking about. I'm the executive director for Donna. We've been doing this race in Jacksonville in February for the last 15 years. And we'd love to have you come down and see if you guys could put together a VIP experience like I went through. So she invited myself and my colleague Jeff to come down. So we went down in February, this past February. We ran it. We met the, her team, Chaz, Fitz, Chris Twiggs from Galloway. Yeah. Jeff Galloway himself. Oh. Uh, several of the board members, Chris Turner, re- really the whole Donna team. Yeah. And it was just a wonderful experience. Those folks are great. Their hearts are in the right place. And it's been so incredibly supportive. And it, and that was my first time running the Donna Marathon. I ran the half. And I was just blown away by yeah. the crowd support. And just that finish line, coming down that finish line mm-hmm. with, with Fitz Kohler calling out your name and just the music blaring and that whole finish line scene with the after party and everything. It was just so much fun. Had a great time. So it was an easy decision from our part to, to go ahead and accept that offer. And so we're super excited to be the VIP provider for Destination Donna 2023. Oh, we are. It's no secret to the Runcation Nation that we are ambassadors for that race. That was the very first, this past February was the very first Runcation Nation meetup. And we had what, 10, 10 people and a couple of spouses in the group. Yeah. Yeah to come and meet up our podcast listening audience and run. I think we had somebody in every event except for the ultra. Except for the ultra. And the weather didn't, I don't think it detracted from the experience you get for that crowd support that you talk about, the neighborhood support, the love that you feel from Bits and the way that all the survivors are celebrated, mm-hmm. people who are running in memoriam are are honored, and just it is, I it is an experience that is s- just second to none for us. We run every year to honor Dana's mother who passed away from breast cancer in 2016, and we can't think of. Another experience where people, one minute you are laughing and dancing with people in the neighborhoods with DJs and the neighborhoods make that race. They're amazing. Yeah. And then the next you're running with survivors and you're so inspired that you're just, you're crying and it's, I can't, I'm so happy about the partnership between destination marathons and the Donna foundation and the Donna marathon weekend, just amazing. And I think that the Jacksonville area is ripe for a company like destination marathons. A lot of people don't know what all Jacksonville, the Metro whole Metro area really has to offer. 
yeah. whether you're going to stay in Jacksonville proper or if you're willing to venture out a little bit into the surrounding areas. Mm. I think there's a lot there. And I think that folks are going to be very excited if they're getting their Destination Donna arrangements through Destination Marathons. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, and I'm sorry to hear about your mother, Dana. Oh, thank um, you. We, uh, we're super excited. The other piece of that is that we're, we've been able to work with the Jeff Galloway organization. As you know, Jeff is one of the founders of, of Donna, along with Donna Deegan, and uh, I think one other person. Edith Perez, her, do- her doctor. Okay. Yeah, Excellent. we've had him on the show. Yeah, he's a friend, friend the, of the show, and he's our coach Yes, as well. they're amazing okay. people, the three of them. Yes, yes. Excellent. Excellent. So we've been working with uh, Chris Twiggs. Chris, as you know, is the the executive training director for the Galloway organization. I signed up to coach with He's my coach now, too. I just started the Galloway. You're doing customized training with him? Yeah. Nice. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm, I'm super excited about it. But so the, he's helped us design really the first day and a half of the program. It's really centered around Galloway runners, but you don't have to have a Galloway card to get in. So that first day and a half is we're going to do a speaker panel. We're going to do team building. We're going to do workshops, a mini expo. We're going to do a shakeout run. It's going to be a great time. Super, super time. We're super stoked about it. So it's almost a two for one. It's a lot of that extra stuff right before and then rolling right into the Donna weekend with all their activities. And again, it's, and we've been on both sides of this. We've done events before where we're a company on the outside trying to figure out what the race director is doing. And we'll hear about it when everyone else hears about it. Amanda and Chaz and her team have been just outstanding about the support and really positioning us to succeed. And when we mm-hmm. succeed, that means the guests have a great time that they mm-hmm. forget about the stress that's going on in their life. They show up, everything's taken care of. You actually get to meet people that you've been Facebook friends with. I, on that podcast I listened to this morning that you guys did with Dave McGillery. McGillery? McGillery. McGillery. There you go. We got it. <laughs> I, I think you said something, Dana, about the fact that some of the your best friends are the people that you haven't met yet. You yes. just know them on social media. <laughs> so this is an opportunity, really, to meet those people. To actually spend time with them. You guys know this yourselves. That you go to this big, a big city, there's an event, There's people are coming and going. Greatest lie, I think, about the marathoners tell each other is that, oh, you're going to Chicago? I'm going to Chicago. I'll see you at the expo. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I'll see you at the expo, right? I'll see you at the expo. <laughs> sure you will. Sure. That's right up there. With, Let's get together sometime soon. It, it, <laughs> which it, is never. Ne- which it ends up being never. Yeah. And I l- think that that approach that you're talking about is so great where you're helping strengthen mm-hmm. that community a little bit. Like I said, I, mm-hmm. I, what I said to him in that interview was that some of the most supportive people that you'll ever meet are people you've never met in person. And that's in the running community and you're bringing them together yeah. doing these events and giving them a, a, almost a concierge service. Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's absolutely. There's been so many times when, when I think back on, on some of the, some of the experiences that we created for people that, that would have been mundane to just okay. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a, a couple examples, if I may. Oh, sure. yeah. We did uh, the Wilmington Marathon, Wilmington, North Carolina. We've been the ex- exclusive VIP provider there, stay and play powered, stay and play VIP package powered by Destination Marathons. But we had a gentleman from Hendersonville outside of Asheville. He was with us in 2021. We didn't know him. He showed up at the uh, hospitality reception on day one, room full of 35, 40 people. And 
came in, I was standing by the door and like anyone else, he would, most people coming into a situation by themselves, not knowing anybody, he looked shy and didn't, mm. is, is this where the Destination Marathon's hospitality suite is? Yeah, come on in. I'm Mark, you know? So his story was that this was his first marathon in Wilmington. His wife and two kids could not go because of work situation, but his mm. wife did not want him to be alone for his first marathon. So she found us online and she signed him up for the package. Aww. And it was so cool to see the relationships that he developed. If we weren't around, he would have been in the hotel by himself, mm. trying to figure out how to get to the start line by himself, trying to figure out where to go for dinner. It would have been, a there's 5,000 runners in town, but it can be a lonely experience if oh, you don't know anyone. 100%. Yeah, there's so many challenges yeah. flying solo. And so he went through our whole program and fast forward to the, sometimes we have two or three post-race parties, believe it or not. <laughs> there's always a, there's a post-race party at the finish line. <laughs> And, As and, and then, of course. And then, and then the second post-race party is typically at our hotel or at a room or at a, some sort of facility, a brewery, whatever the case hey, may hey, be, hey. depending on the location. There you go. <laughs> and we'll do an award ceremony. We always recognize people for setting PRs. We give them prizes. Mm -hmm. We always do a race time prediction contest, we'll give them some DM destination marathon swag. So we build excitement and bring people together like that. But so I fast forward to that night in Wilmington, this gentleman, Daniel is sitting with three other people, a guy from Raleigh, a guy from York, Pennsylvania, and, a, and, a guy, and one guy that I did know from Charlotte. The four of them are sitting around at the table, having a drink, telling stories about their marathon earlier in the day, drinking a beer, toasting, exchanging numbers. And I looked at that and I said to my colleague, Paul, I said, we did that. We pulled those four guys together. They're, they know each other now because of us. And they were planning on going out and doing a third after party that night. And you should have seen their smiles. It was just really a magical. And it was funny too, two of those guys that were sitting there, the guy from York and the guy from Raleigh, both separately during the weekend approached me and said, hey, I see you guys are doing the Berlin Marathon. I'm very interested in going. So they both ended up coming together and for the our first Berlin trip, which was last year. So I take a lot of pride in the fact that we not only bring people together, but we start that relationship with folks and we can mm. see that continuing to develop. Lifelong friends, yeah. you know, running friends, people who motivate and inspire each other. And just, it's, we have that same kind of feeling or we had, we had it last, last year at Donna mm -hmm. because so many of them said we would never have met had it not been for your show. And we're hoping to enjoy some similar bonding mm -hmm. this year. Yes. Now, I, you alluded to something when we first started talking, and you talked about how you started out realizing your own in-house travel agent for friends and family. Mm -hmm. uh, you travel a lot for work. I'm in that same boat. I've traveled all over the country for work. We travel for the show mm -hmm. and for running, eating, and drinking, of course. And <laughs> travel... <clears throat> If you don't know what you're doing, it can be daunting, frustrating, mm -hmm. expensive. It can be an yeah. absolutely miserable experience. Mm. And you couple that with when you're going to a race event, you have a schedule that you're not in control of. The expo is on this day from this time to this time. Packet pickup is here from this time to this time. The race starts on this day. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about what some of the 
biggest challenges are that you handle for runners that enables them to just relax and focus on the on, on going to the race? Sure. So we're all runners on the team. I shouldn't say that. I think seven of the nine people that work with us are runners. And my colleague Paul has actually done close to 90 marathons. He just completed his 50th. So 50th state. So we like to say it's for runners by runners. So we, mm. we understand runners and what they need and what, what issues they have. So when we plan a weekend, we look at the whole weekend and try to take out the obstacles and the hassles. So if for like example with Donna, Amanda is going to allow us to get as part of our commitment to the foundation, we agreed to buy X number of bibs in advance. So we'll have those bibs at, at our hospitality reception. So people, when they come in, they'll get a goodie bag and they'll get the, their race bib and their t-shirt right there. But I think to answer your question, Dana, I think it's, and you touched on it, the time that it takes mm. and the anxiety that it takes to plan something. I had a friend here in Charlotte who's a, a chiropractor. And before I started my business, he, for some reason, decided he was going to do the Prague Marathon. He's not an international traveler, but for some reason... He decided on Prague and was going to do Prague all on his own. And we we're running buddies and we hang out. And I would hear his frustrations for months about trying to figure out the railway system, the registration system, the hotels. He wanted to do an excursion after the race. Mm. He spent hours and hours trying to figure that out. And I'm the whole time I'm telling him, hire somebody to do that. You're do something you love or spend that time doing your vocation where you're going to make money. Don't spend all this time and energy and anxiety over something that as soon as you do it, it's out, it's gone. You don't, that skill set, you're not going to go back. It's not needed anymore. So I, th I think we, we, we take the anxiety out, create the space for folks to come together, to get to know each other. And on top of that, I think when we blend people who are experienced at a particular event with newbies, mm. and it changes the dynamic for them completely. So our very first event was the Boston Marathon in 2019. At that point, my daughter Berkeley was working for me. She put together our first website. It was me and her, and then we had a local person helping with social media. Why we picked the Boston Marathon, I don't know. That's a pretty big stage if you're going to fail, big stage to fail on. Go big or go, go home. Go big or right? home, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I think if I did roll again, I'd probably start at a marathon with 1,500 people. But we, because of my background and firsthand knowledge of the registration process and all that and the supply and demand, we, we mm -hmm. ended up with Boston. But I remember we had, a, we had a movie night that we did in the hotel. We showed the Boston documentary. Oh, yeah. One of our favorites. Uh, yep. I'll come back to that in a second because we expanded on that. You'll see in a second. But back in 2019, we partnered with the hotel. We had a, we had the movie night in the hotel, popcorn, drinks, snacks. It was great. Our guests were enjoying themselves. Other guests staying at the hotel that were not our guests were coming in. So we were meeting new people and it was great. And a woman came in that wasn't part of our group. And she had met two of our guests who were in the hotel lounge we had a, a private bus that went from our hotel to the starting line in Hopkinton for the Boston Marathon. And we had a couple extra seats on it. And she knew that. And these people told her that we had an extra seat. So she came up to me 
She said, I'm sorry about you, but my name is so-and-so from California. It's the first time in Boston, first time doing the Boston Marathon. I'm so anxious about tomorrow of where to go, how to get to the bus, the uh, school buses, what to do with gear check, all of that. You could just see her in her face. She was mortified. Mm. And I said, yeah, we'll, we'll take care of you. We've got an extra seat. Grab some popcorn, meet some of the folks. I'd love to have you. So she comes in and she's talking to people that had run Boston five and seven times and getting all that information. The next morning, she comes on her bus. She's meeting new people, talking to people. We get some really good pictures of her on the course. We're doing the after party. She's there with this couple she met at the lounge that were from Asheville. They're toasting. They're exchanging numbers. Big old smile on her face. We created a totally, totally different experience for her that she, would, she wouldn't have had otherwise. Mm. So it's bringing people together and then those relationships, but also the intimate knowledge about the race, right? Makes all the difference. Yeah. You've, you talked about a particular experience about, about a, a group of gentlemen bonding at a specific race. Are there, are there other benefits, other feedback that people have imparted to you after the experience that they've had with you at, at a race weekend? So we always do surveys of our guests after events, find out what they thought about us, how we can improve any feedback that they've got. I, th- I think one of the things that comes back consistently throughout all of our events that we hear over and over again was our communication to our guests. Mm-hmm. So we do basically three things. Typical email, right? You sign up, you get an email, and then we'll use email 60 days until the race. 30 days. Here's some things that are going to be coming up. Here's some things to think about. But we also do a closed Facebook group for each of our events. Uh-huh. So that way, not only do people get to know us. So we'll typically start off with pictures of the team, Nicole, myself, Paul, Jennifer, what we look like, what we do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we'll include pictures from the previous year. We'll post out information about the race itself. Mm-hmm. We'll do spotlights on runners and we'll, we'll ask engaging questions. A popular one that we typically do is, okay, who's traveling the furthest to get to Boston? That gets people. We actually had two people from France at our Boston this past April and a film crew from London were with us. So oh. it, we, we do things to get people talking. To, so that, and then we post pictures in there of the event, the race, the whole weekend. We'll announce our contest. We do, you know, fun things to do in Boston or fun things, coffee shops to go see, all kinds of cool stuff like that. But it really, it, it brings people together mm. so that when they hit the ground in Boston or Kiowa or Grandma's, they already know each other. That was, that came across loud and clear at our last Boston in April. There were four folks that had been with us multiple times. One is a couple. And then two other uh, ladies, they had been multiple times. So they they all knew each other from previous events. So we're doing our hospitality suite in Boston at our hotel. And uh, a woman who had never been with us before from Indiana was traveling solo by herself, came in. I had never met her before. That was the first time I met her at the reception. Talking to her within 10 minutes, she got her goodie bag and all the weekend essentials. We gave her the schedule. Within 10 minutes, she was talking to this group of four folks. And they're cutting up, they're taking pictures, they're introducing themselves to each other. Next thing I know, one of the guys says, hey, Mark, great to see you. We're all going out for dinner. Cool. I found out from one of the folks in the group that this woman from Indiana 
was so excited to have friends in Boston. She thought she was going to be in the hotel room by herself. She literally called her mother from the restaurant, said, Mom, I've got four new friends I'm sitting here with. I'm so excited. Um, so it's things like that, you know, that that really make me proud of what we do and are really fulfilling. I think you should be. And I think it's yeah. very, like you said, you could have a really big event like that that becomes so big that it's very easy to withdraw and mm. not partake as much as you might normally in the events and getting out. And it's hard to meet new people, especially yeah. when you might be a stranger in a strange place. Mm-hmm. So having that core group that you've had a chance to build some rapport with the closed Facebook groups yeah. and, and the common the common bond of we're all part of the of this group and doing mm-hmm. this event is just I think there's a lot of value there. What's the process for somebody? They decide to reach out to you and they ask you to start planning their race weekend. So what mm-hmm. take us through your process after somebody reaches out. Typically that person has a race in mind. So they can go on, take a look on our website, see what the what the event is. Oftentimes, not all the time, but oftentimes we'll have bibs available with the package. So for example, in Berlin, we're an official tour operator. So we have bibs available with our package. Grandma's Marathon typically sells out every year, especially the half marathon. Mm. Yes, it we does. We have a great Very relationship with, with Shane Bauer and Greg Hoppala, the race director there, and they get us access to bibs that are sold out. So, so. People come on and again, they can talk to myself or one of the staff about what their particular goals are for the event. Are they bringing family, aunts, uncles, groups? We'll work all through that for them so that we can design something specifically for them. <clears throat> Typically, the packages have minimums depending on the event. So like in, in Boston, it's a three-night minimum, but you can also get a four-night. Berlin is a four-night minimum, but you can add extra nights on the front end or the back end. Mm. But typically, so that we can walk them through it, we're there to answer questions about the particular type of bedding they want or the room or if they have special needs. We always ask a bunch of questions about, do they have any dietary issues? Are they gluten-free? We always, there's always a handful of folks that are gluten-free and we notate that early on in the process and we make sure that those people are given gluten-free meals throughout the weekend. And then typically they can put down a deposit That'll guarantee their spot and or their bid for that event. And then payment is generally due about 60 days prior to the event. Did, did I answer your question, Dana? No, yeah, that's exactly it. I, what I was really kind of looking for is how complicated is it? And it really seems like it's basically, here's the race I want to do. Mm-hmm. And by the way, I always recommend having made the mistake myself of not tacking on the extra day. The, <laughs> give yourself that buffer. I'm a big fan oh, of that. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, It's funny. I think we saw that firsthand last year. We had planned to do grandma's in June of 2020. I think you know what happened there with COVID. Mm -hmm. So our first one was in 2021. And it was, we had a two-night option and a three-night option. And probably 80% of the people went with the two-night option. Most of the people, all the, probably half of the people were from the Southeast. A lot of folks from the Carolinas. and. The race is on a Saturday, so 80% or more came in on Friday, and the race is on a Saturday. So you fly into, a lot of folks flew into Minneapolis, they had to drive a couple hours to get to the race to Duluth, and then our pasta dinner, pre-race dinner, and then the race and post-race party, and then Sunday, they're getting ready to head back out. 
but I could see it. So many people were so upset. They're like, oh, I should have came in a day early. Yep. Uh, mm. So this year, I'd say probably 60% came in on Thursday, early mm. Thursday. But now, even with, it, it makes so much more sense to come in early the way travel is these days. Yeah. It, oh, you know, you could miss a flight. I'm shocked by people that are, especially if it's if it's a goal race for you that you've been trying to get a BQ or to risk it to come in the night before, the day before. You, you just miss so many. You, you miss seeing the city. Yeah. And at right? that point, you really are baking in some anxiety. You're you're choosing anxiety. At yeah. That point. <laughs> Yes, you are. That's a good way to say it. Maybe I'll make the flight. Maybe I'll make the connection. Yeah, Maybe yeah. not. I don't know. And you're leaving your fate to the airlines at that point. Mm. And if it is that if you have so much invested in all that training that you've done for a, a PR or a bucket list race or a first time distance, mm -hmm. you, I think you want to set yourself up for success. Book the extra day. There's yeah. the, that's the, that's the best tip I could offer anybody. Seriously. Yeah. It, it really makes sense. We suffered you, you that. You get acclimated. You, mm -hmm. you know, it's. If you have a time uh, change. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It makes so much more sense. Is now it's, is it, it is expensive sometimes to travel to these these bucket list and destination races. It, what is the cost involved in putting a package together? So the cost for the trips are, are going to vary depending mm -hmm. on the location and what's involved. So not because we we layer in all these services and all these benefits and we're on site. The, mm -hmm. the staff is on site. We're there. If there's any issue anything goes wrong anywhere, you call us, we, we, we fix it kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And we have a schedule. There's constant activity. If you come with us, you're getting that. Plus you're getting the hospitality, the dinner, the post-race party, the speaker program that we did in the hotel in Boston, mm -hmm. the community, all that sort of thing. So it, it depends. Think of it like a all-inclusive package going yeah. to yeah. Jamaica or the Bahamas. You pay the price yeah, and you show up and everything's taken care of for you. That, to me, illustrates the difference between price and cost. Yes. And I think when you're talking about a destination run, mm. and that really is, it's a destination marathons event, you're wanting the experience. And yeah. anybody can get the no-tell motel, cheapest thing possible. And like you said, you're on, on your own and trying to build something from the ground up if you are completely unfamiliar with town, but you're not getting those value add experiences. Mm -hmm. It's and true. I think that's a incredible addition and incredible extra value that you're providing in the service. And to be able to just pick up the phone and call somebody who's there, as opposed to I'm in a text chat with what might be a bot from the <laughs> big travel company that gave me the quote unquote best deal on my room. Mm -hmm. And you're just like, represented operator, when things operator. go bad when you're traveling to be able to get a human being yeah. and you guys are like you said you're on the ground you're there yeah that's pretty rare oh mm. that, 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 things happen i remember the very first boss that we did and it's funny now when i look back that very first trip there are so many things that we didn't think to do that now are standard operating practice for us but i remember the first night of our package I got a text probably around 11.30, 11.45, just ready to go to bed mm. from an unknown number. <laughs> it was one of our guests. 
And she said, I'm down in the lobby and they don't have a room for me. Oh. And I'm like, how could that be? So I put my shoes back on and I ran down there and it was two folks from Atlanta who their flight got delayed and canceled oh. and they were supposed to come in at four o'clock. They were, they showed up at the hotel at quarter to almost midnight. Mm. And for whatever reason, the hotel gave that room away. They didn't show up and they, they were frustrated. They were in the airport for hours and hours. Their flights got delayed. They're tired. It's late. Probably hadn't eaten. Mm. And I said, and I wasn't, that's not the ideal way to meet a guest under the circumstances. But I went down and I said, I talked to the front desk. I said, they're under the Destination Marathons contract that we worked out with Liz. Oh, they weren't, their room wasn't attached to the master for destination. We'll take care of it right now. Like, okay, got it. Uh, If they were on their own, they might've been trying to find another hotel after all that. I'm sorry, we don't have any rooms. And again, if you've gone to a big destination race in a city that's got an additional small city worth of people that have shown up, oh, yeah. finding that hotel room, you may end up in that no-tell motel I was talking about. Mm, yeah. Well, I've learned something over the last couple of years that I didn't realize, but Airbnb can actually cancel on you. I don't know if you guys do that or not. but I did not know that. Uh, We've never done one. We've never done an Airbnb, so okay. we don't know. Yeah, it's it happens every year. In fact, we had... There was two Bostons, one in October, one in April. And I can't tell you the number of people who posted, I can't believe it, the Airbnb that I've had reserved for six months, wow. they just canceled on me. Ouch. Um, oh. So, so stressful. We, we do our very best to take care of our guests mm. and we want to earn their business and we're right there for them. Having somebody take care of all of that so you can just focus on the goal, I think is so incredibly worth it. Oh. Just, uh, I, uh, yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. So now what do you have coming up next on the roster for destination marathons? So we'll be in Berlin and about, well, I'm leaving on the 20th. The race is on September 25th. That'll be our second Berlin marathon. We're official tour operators. We're going to be doing Kiowa Island Marathon in December, December 10th. That I love all my events. Like I love all my kids. Oh, uh, no favorites, some, huh? Some, like Kiowa, it's when you close your eyes and you think racecation, oh. Kiowa should come to mind. It's a great resort right on the ocean, self-enclosed. It's a fast and flat course. There's golf, there's tennis. Hey, they have right multiple, the uh, it's marathon, but also half marathon. There's yep. other marathon distances. Half, and there's a 5K on Friday. Oh, So that's in December. February, of course, February 2nd through the 5th is the Donna Marathon. We've heard of that one. 5K, Ultra. We've uh, heard a little bit about it. Yeah. That is going to be an awesome event. Oh my gosh. And Jacksonville Beach, you got the beach. There's a choice of two hotels. They're both steps from the finish line. Oh. The Sheraton is literally right on the ocean. That's a nice hotel. All the rooms Mm -hmm. face the ocean. It's just going to be it. The after party, there's going to be massage available or a VIP tent afterwards, post-race Pre-race dinner, uh, rubbing elbows with Jeff Galloway. and Oh, how could you beat it? Yeah. Right? Yeah, that's going to be great. We also have another partnership we just signed a couple of months ago with the folks who manage Napa Valley Marathon in California in March. Wine country. Uh, Yes, wine country. Mm. Another, we think, ideal racecation. Oh, yes. That is managed by a company called Blistering Pace. 
They're based out of California. They also manage Big Sur, Napa Valley, Monterey, Half Marathon, and a bunch of other races. So we're super excited about that as well. It's similar in scope to the partnership we've got with Donna. So we'll have bibs and it's just going to be a marvelous, marvelous weekend. Then we're doing, that's March, April is Boston. June will be grandma's. Mm -hmm. Registration for grandma's opens up October 1st. But if you're with us, you don't need to worry about that because we've already got your room and we've already got a bib for you if it sells out. So no worries. That's, I'm looking at my cheat sheet here now. Um, (laughs) That's okay. You're a busy uh, guy. (laughs) Reykjavik, Reykjavik, Iceland. Oh! Of 2023. Berlin, of course, in September. Kiowa, December. And we're hoping to add another event in October of 2023, yet to be determined. So, do do you sell out? We do. Very, uh, back about three or four months ago, we were in the in a kind of a weird position because everything in front of us was sold out except for one of our events. So it was like having a store that was barren. <laughs> it's like the, the good news. The good news is was that we we didn't have to spend money on marketing. Um, <laughs> that's, that's true. Yeah, but, you can have so any it, race it, you want as long as it's this one right here <laughs> on this on these days. Yeah, it's some. It's really difficult to predict obviously coming out of covid so Mm. the whole planning process was skewed during covid even though we rolled up our sleeves we improved our website we got certified as an iota certified travel agency we did a lot of the infrastructure things that we had talked about but never had time to do Mm -hmm. it was still hard to plan because we didn't really know if some of these races would be around at the back end of covid yeah Uh, slowed down our planning process a little bit but we were afraid for a lot of races to yeah. to even still exist post pandemic, and I was actually going to ask you uh, how did it? Have you seen a lot of? I jokingly called it revenge travel, but yeah. have you seen a, the, the people coming back to traveling? Yeah, oh, like, yeah, with a fervor. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. It was the pent up demand. Oh, for sure. Our first race back when COVID started lightening up the restrictions was March of twenty twenty one. Is that right? Yeah, the Wilmington Marathon. And the race still had a lot of restrictions with testing and masking and yeah. no no expo, no real post-race party to speak of. But the people were just so pumped and jazzed to be with other people and to be able to race on the street. I don't think they realized that the expo wasn't there and there wasn't a an official race, post-race party like there normally is. Mm. Yeah, I think people are, they're just jazzed up and ready to go. It's hard for us to determine because we have to negotiate with the hotel way in advance about how many rooms we want. Um, And sometimes we miss the mark. With Berlin, this year, we we sold out in two and a half days. Wow. With literally zero marketing. Zero marketing. We're an official tour operator. So uh, unfortunately, my name and my cell phone number is on the Berlin Marathon website. Oh, as an official tour operator, you became a popular so, guy all of a sudden. I like that. bet I was a very popular guy for a couple of days. Phone was ringing off the hook, but we eventually had seventy or eighty people on our wait list. Whoa! Wow, that's now, a good, good problem to have. I wanted. To, when do you typically you plan months in advance? When do you open up the packages for people to uh, to get to sign up? So it, it depends. Typically, the rule of thumb. Two to four weeks before registration opens. Mm-hmm. 
So our okay. our grandma's pack registration for grandmas is going to open October first. Our package should be up and running on September twentieth. I think was the target date for that. Hmm. We've gotten okay. better in terms of trying to figure out the anticipated demand for events. For example, with with Boston, during the last Boston in April of twenty. I always get confused because there was the two Bostons that were back to back, but the Boston in April of this year, in April of 2022, during the weekend, we posted an interest list for next year. So literally a year in advance. So our package was not, the Boston 2023 package was not up yet. We were in, we were doing the mm. 2022 package. We were there in Boston, but we put together a, a, an image saying we always do a VIP name tag with the person's name on it and the image of the race. And we put that up for Boston and we said, we took out the person's name. We said, little pointed arrow saying, your name here, be a VIP with Destination Marathons. And we had 240 people sign up on an interest list. I'm interested to hear about your package when it comes out. Oh. We're getting better at that. So that, especially when not in Boston, we don't have access to bibs in Boston, but in Berlin and some of the other races where we have access to bibs that are in demand or are going to sell out, it makes it a little more orderly for mm. our guests. And then it's better for us because then we have more confidence when we go to our hotel partner and say, mm. last year we had 50 rooms, this year we'd like 75. Sure. Uh, yeah. So Now, when you're gauging interest like that, are you doing so to solely gauge like number of rooms and prepping for places that you've already been, or are you polling people to find out a location, other locations and other destinations that you might be interested in doing? Are there any that are, are looking to do or want to get into that you haven't had a chance to yet? Yep. Yep. Great question. So we do a little bit of both, right? So the interest list enables us to have a little bit more confidence in terms of going to our hotel partners or where like in Berlin and other places where we're asked, how many bibs do you want to buy in advance? Mm -hmm. So that, that gives us more confidence. And then we're able to, as part, those people sign up for our newsletter, as part of signing up for our newsletter, we like to say, we're, we're going to give you first dibs at the bibs. So when when they come out, you'll you'll know before the general public. We're going to send you an email saying, our package goes live on insert date, October 1st, but you'll you'll get the information on September 20th. Mm -hmm. right. Insider so knowledge. There, there you go. Insider knowledge. So yeah. It encourages people to sign up for our newsletter. But then from, it, it makes it easier for us to market too, right? Yeah. When when the package comes up, because we have a, there's a dedicated list of people that came to us and said, yeah, I'm going, I'm interested. I want to find out more. Mm -hmm. We can connect with those people very easily. But your other question was about gauging where people want to go. We always ask people, we do surveys, common events that come up time and time again are Iceland, London, Big Sur. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. Uh, Tokyo in the last six months. Ooh. We get a call about once a week, twice a week. Are you guys doing Tokyo? Will you do it next year? How come you're not doing it? Yeah. Um, so I think my vision for the company for Destination Marathons moving forward is to have more international races. So right now, I think the way when it all, the dust settles, I think we'll probably have four or five U.S.-based events that we do every year that we're well-known. We've got good relationships with the race directors and the staff, and we just get bigger and better and more efficient. Mm -hmm. 
and then add more international races, like we talked about earlier. Folks, a, a, a lot of folks can get to Boston or they can get to Napa on their own, but if it's going to Tokyo, it's going to London, it's going to Berlin, Reykjavik, more people want somebody else to help manage that. Logistically, yeah. Logistically, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, National travel. There's a lot. That's a whole different That layer. goes into it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's, and again, looking at revenue opportunities, a two-night local trip is a two-night local trip, but something like a Berlin or a Dublin, where it's a three Ooh. or four-night minimum, and then if people oh. are going to fly across the pond and do a four-night minimum in Dublin, chances are they may want to do an extra couple of nights excursion. So that's what we're planning on offering that. A lot of the other companies in I our would. space do that especially with the international trips. Mm. Come to Paris, it's a three-night minimum, but then you can buy an optional excursion for two nights or three nights. Yeah, um, stay and play. Yeah, like that. Now, um, so speaking of an excursion and playing and indulging and... Well, just say the race is the accomplishment. Right. The excursion is the exploration Blank. and indulgence. Yes, because our tagline for this whole show is accomplish, explore, and indulge. So we can't get away and wrap up the interview without talking to you about food and beverage. Now, we talk about the accomplishment first. You're a runner. What's your go-to fuel and hydration? What is your advice? advice for that what do you do what do you recommend people do you mean post-race no to actually make it through the accomplishment and then we're going to get oh. to the post-race we're yeah I, i'm a i'm a i'm a pretty simple guy i'm a water and gatorade kind of guy water i've always been traditional um, solid yeah and depending on probably two or three goos yeah typically is what i use but then post-race, I'm looking for that big cheeseburger and a big cold beer. Oh, yes. That was going to be oh, my question yes. is what's your go-to post-race meal when you, when oh, yeah. you cross the finish line? You know, what are you looking for? So it's cheeseburger for you. Cheeseburger. If there's a, if there's a steak place nearby, uh, I remember when I did the Disney Marathon back Ooh. in 2000, 2009. I've done Disney full and the half twice, but I remember the time when I did the full was up at Three in the morning. Oh, you know, yeah. Like oh, yeah. And oh, didn't eat much and hanging out afterwards. I, I didn't have anything in my stomach until got home, took a nap, I think, at the hotel, and then woke up and I'm like, I'm so hungry. Oh, yeah. And, and there, there was an Outback Steakhouse <laughs> just down the street. Oh. <laughs> it's like, that was the best meal I've ever had. I just enjoyed every morsel of that. We just place. talked about going to Shula's Steakhouse there on the Disney property. Just this, a couple of episodes just, ago. Yeah, just a couple of episodes ago, we were like, oh, yeah, great steak after a race. That is a place to get a great steak. I'm telling you. That is. Oh. I, I think that's it. It's in the Swan Hotel, right? Dolphin? Uh, Swan or Dolphin. Yeah. yeah they're oh. yeah, it's like they're the, yeah, they're together. Yeah. But yeah. Oh, it's so good. Just good. You got to have it. But yeah, now, okay. In these weekends that you plan, Berlin, grandmas, the ones that you have been planning in the history of destination marathons, we have to know what are some of the bucket list meals? Like either what 
post uh, pre-race meals, like carb loading meals that have been great. Places we can't miss for that indulgence and exploration, the celebration. It would depend on the location so that some of the meals we'll take care of for people. Like, like I said, the pre-race meal we typically do in the hotel. We'll cater mm-hmm. that in. Oh. Just from a timing perspective, it's to our guests really appreciate the fact that they can check in, put their drop their bags and come eat dinner at five o'clock. Some people want to eat at five o'clock. I think depending on the event, like I remember my colleague, we did the Marine Corps Marathon in 2019. And she said, you should go out and get these cupcakes from Georgetown. Have you heard of this place? The What's the place called? Georgia Cupcakes. Georgetown Cupcakes. They used Ooh. to have their own show. On It was a streaming show. I, I, the name is it escapes me, but it was a super famous place. We drove by there before we did the event. There was a line out the door, 50 people. Georgetown oh. Cupcakes. So we got those and had them as part of our post-race meal or pre-race oh. meal at the Marine Corps. So it a couple of events that we've done, and this has been a lot of fun, is, and going back to what I said about the post-race party. So there might be, there's always right after the race, there's a post-race party right at our tent. Then maybe another one back at the hotel where we do the awards. We, we, we have something to eat there, bring in something catered. And then like at Grandma's and at Wilmington and somewhere else that escapes me right now, we'll do a pub crawl. We'll go out and do a pub crawl, a guided yes. pub crawl. Yes. The, oh, yeah. The one in Grandma's the last two years has been absolutely phenomenal because one of our guests had lived in Duluth for many, many years and knew the backstory about the history of Grandma's and knew where to go. So he would take us out and give us a little history lesson on Grandma's. We'd go to the original Grandma's Saloon, the namesake of the race. Oh. I remember he stopped and he was talking about the first year it started and pointed on the cement in front of grandma's and there was a little you could still see a little a little in in the cement a like a stone grandma's logo that was just sort of by itself he's like yep this is where the race started in 1977. (laughs) it's like wow Wow. that's cool he took us to places that being out of towners we wouldn't have known to go locals only kind of places that's what we want to know about that's great stuff yeah that is it's sometimes the the things that we do like that that are free flowing and then just pop up they're the most fun after people are it's the race is over they've had their showers they had a couple of beers maybe took a nap now that's lifted off their shoulder they just want to go out and have fun yeah. the excitement is there people it's just yeah. like it, it's just so much fun i think that's the best part of a runcation yeah. weekend when you're the accomplishments over and you're like i'm gonna wear my medal out around town and go and just cut loose i think there's just something so special about that yeah yeah absolutely now how can the runcation nation find you and start the planning process check out the packages and the destinations you've got excellent question yep destinationmarathons.com I would suggest uh, for your listeners to go on and there'll be a pop-up window when you first get on the website. You can sign up for our newsletter and get all the latest information even before it goes to the general public. We're on Instagram and Facebook. And our whole team is listed on the website. So again, you could actually talk to a live person and we'll answer your questions and make sure that you have the best possible experience. We will link to all of that in our show notes. And I just love 
what you say at destinationmarathons.com. The reason I started Destination Marathons was to create a much better experience for runners, a hassle-free, worry-free weekend where they can focus on having a great time. I just can't thank you enough, Mark, for joining us on the show. And we hope to accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Awesome. <laughs> that sounds fantastic. <laughs> Th thank you so much for having me. It's been a pleasure and an honor. I really enjoyed our conversation. It's been great having you, Mark. Thank you. Thank you very much. That was such a great chat with him. I can't wait to go to Donna. Now I'm having just such excitement. And I know. I really thank him for Mark spent so much of his time and he was just such a great guy. I love to talk the fact, to. Yeah. And, and I love the fact that he's been there and done that mm -hmm. on both sides and yeah. he, he's taking such, such ownership and wanting to make your experience on your next racecation, mm -hmm. you know, something that's going to be unforgettable. Yeah. And like we said at the top of the show, this is not any sort of a paid advertisement. No. We get nothing for mm -mm. this. We just thought it is really important to show our Runcation Nation that there are options out there if mm -hmm. you're looking for a total package put it's together. It's another tool to put in your travel toolbox. Exactly. That's what I would say. Uh, and if you are preparing for those racecations, please... As you think about packing, training, what you need, use our Amazon affiliate link at runeatdrink.net slash Amazon for all your travel needs, all your racecation needs, your holiday needs coming up. It's no additional cost to you. It helps support the show. And we appreciate just that one extra click. Don't forget, runeatdrink.net slash Amazon. Thank you so much for listening and joining us from wherever you are. I'm your host, Amy. And I'm your co-host, Dana. Stay safe and well, and we will accomplish, explore, and indulge with you really soon. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Run, Eat, Drink podcast. We're having another great year thanks to your support. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook and Instagram. We're at Run, Eat, Drink podcast. And on Twitter, we're Run, Eat, Drink pod. You can also give us a call at 941-677-2733 or send us an email at info at runeatdrink.net. Visit our website at runeatdrink.net and click on the subscribe link so you don't miss a minute. Find out how you can support the show at patreon.com slash runeatdrinkpodcast. Accomplish, explore, and indulge right along with us. We'll talk to you next time.